This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Libby Collins. And we have a busy show ahead this Sunday morning, but uh, a lot of us are asking the question after hearing that forecast, Wyatt, is it winter? Is it spring this week? Well, there's only one person I can think of who can explain it all to us, and that's TMJ4 meteorologist Brendan Johnson. And Brendan, what is it? Are we going into spring? Are we going into summer? Is this winter? It's all over the place this week. It, it really is, Libby. Uh, we're getting all four seasons, it looks like, in the span of just about 72 hours. So, you know, we had that <laughs> snow on Friday. We, you know, coming off those back-to-back 60-degree days, we're experiencing a rapid warm-up here the next couple of days. I got rain, I got storms, and then I've also got snow in the next seven days. <laughs> So if you want, so any weather you want at all, that's what we're going to get. Pretty, exactly. No matter what season you love here in southern Wisconsin, you're getting it right on a full plate for you this week. All right. So it's, it's, it is February. And is this normal for this time of the year? Oh, absolutely not. So I was just doing a little digging here before I jumped on with you. And uh, right now, we are very, very close to being the warmest of February to date. You know, we've got 24 days that we've logged temperatures for. So uh, average temp, 35.4. But as of right now to date, warmest winter on record. And number two, we're beating by two whole degrees, which is unheard of. Really, it's it's that severe. All right, so let's yeah. explain then. As you said, snow last for, snow the other day on Friday, uh, yeah. but but the rest of this week, I mean, we're going to be seeing. Did I see? There's a chance we might even hit close to seventy. Some places, Libby, yeah, especially farther inland on uh, Tuesday, uh, could make a run towards 70 degrees, and that would be more likely farther west of Milwaukee down towards the state line. But, yeah, I really want folks to just be aware there are going to be some big changes in the weather forecast here in the next 72 hours. Today we're back up to about 53 in Milwaukee. I think that southwesterly wind is really going to help bump that temperature up. Tomorrow, a bit of a lake breeze might keep the lakefront a bit cooler, but we can make a run at 60 farther inland. And then on Tuesday, we really warm up, scattered showers, and even a few thunderstorms, potentially during the evening and overnight. I'm also monitoring a bit of a severe potential with that, right on the northern side of that severe potential, so we'll keep an eye on it. And then the temperatures are going to crash as a strong cold front comes through overnight into Wednesday, and that's where we might see some snow showers. All right. We did have a tornado touchdown in southeastern Wisconsin Mm. here a couple of weeks ago. Are you saying with Tuesday, you're keeping an eye that that is a possibility? So there will be a lot of turning in the atmosphere. Right now, state line counties, I'm talking Walworth, Racine, Kenosha, under a slight level two risk of severe weather. And that's the day three outlook. So I do want to let folks know there is still room for this to change. Uh, But as you, you know, probably have, have guessed, as it gets warmer, we add in some more moisture Anything is possible. We'll be monitoring for any rotation in the atmosphere. But, you know, hail, uh, also a big problem with some of these storms that could fire up. And we'll also have to deal with wind because we got that strong cold front coming through. So we'll be keeping a close eye on it, but uh, uh, definitely a possibility. It's, you know, it's a low potential, but, you know, it's there. All right. And how much snow on Wednesday? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that is very good question. Um, because this area of low pressure, its position's changing a little bit between model to model that we see. Uh, as of right now, forecasting 
maybe an inch or two with better opportunities to see more snow farther to the north. Libby, if that low shifts, I mean, 50 miles in either direction, it's going to mean a big change for snow totals and that chance for severe weather. So it's really important for folks to stay tuned as we get closer. Brendan, I don't want to be in your shoes this week. You've got a lot on your shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I can't wait until Thursday and into next weekend when it all just calms down. Uh, Thank you again, TMJ4 meteorologist Brendan Johnson. It is always great to have you here on a Sunday morning. Good to talk to you, Libby. Take care. All right. It is 8-12. And what's it like when you walk in a local nature preserve at night? Well, we're going to tell you when and where you can take your family for one of those walks. Also, if you are a senior looking for work, check out your resume before you submit it. And we're going to tell you why. Bart Cass is here. He's going to break down the NBA's expectations for an all-star game. And uh, last night, of course, the SAG Awards were on. You may have seen them on TV. But if you didn't, Matt Miller is going to share his thoughts and tell you whether or not those winners are a preview of who's going to take home an Oscar in a couple weeks. Also, our consumer expert, Michelle Ryan is going to share the top three consumer complaints in the state. We'll look back at the week in review. Isaac, of course, is here pushing buttons. We've got Wyatt Barmar-Pooley in the newsroom. And in just two minutes, it's Mike Spaulding with sports. And as Brendan told you, today, well, it's a, a is it a touch of spring? Maybe a little bit under... Uh, and it's going to be a high of 53 degrees right now. 36 degrees at WTMJ. It's 813. Time for a WTMJ sports update. Man, does it feel good to be back. Suarez brings home the pitch, and this is a ground ball. Past the diving glove of Kim, and it left center. Around third is Freelich. He will score. Churio drives in another one. With an RBI single, it's 7-2 to Brewers. The Brewers getting spring training off on the right way. They picked up an 11-7 to win over the San Diego Padres in their Cactus League opener Saturday afternoon. Jackson Churio, as you heard, he went two for four, adding an RBI single. Third baseman Brock Wilkin had a big day. He went two for two, picked up three RBI. The crew hope to keep their winning ways up today. They take on the Rockies out in Arizona. First pitch for that game set for 2 p.m. A Bucks basketball match. Matinee today, fresh off of a 112 to 107 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves Friday. The Bucks are back in action against the Philadelphia 76ers out in the city of Brotherly Love. Coverage of Bucks basketball starts at 11 o'clock here on WTMJ. That'll be Bucks shoot around with Justin Garcia. Bucks radio network coverage with Dave Kane on the call gets underway at 11:30. On the college hardwood, a busy day for Milwaukee teams. The seventh-ranked Marquette Golden Eagles host Xavier at Pfizer Forum. You can hear that game with home. On the call, that'll be on our sister station, 94.5 ESPN, tip-off at 4 p.m. And the UWM Panthers also in action downtown Milwaukee. They're hosting Fort Wayne at UWM Panther Arena. Scott Warris has the call for that game. Tip-off is at 1.30 over on 101.7 The Truth. I'm Mike Spaulding, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Mike. Well, we've got a busy morning ahead. A little bit later on uh, this hour, we're going to share the top three consumer complaints in Wisconsin. You might be surprised at what they are. Uh, But before we do anything else, we're also going to check in with Mark Cass. And he's got, well, he sort of breaks it down as far as this confusion about whether or not Milwaukee will ever get an NBA All-Star game. That's all coming up right here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. It's 817 and 36 degrees at WTMJ. 
we talked with TMJ4 meteorologist Brendan Johnson just a little while ago, and uh, it's going to be an interesting week. Now, today we've got a few clouds in the sky, but not too bad. It's going to be mild with a high of 53. Then tonight, cloudy, down to 35. Tomorrow, we're going to see the sun, and we're going to have those temperatures, if you're inland, getting close to 60 degrees, and near the lake, about 53 for a high. Then on Tuesday, even warmer. Uh, we do have a chance for a late shower or storm. He's keeping his eye on that one. Uh, inland, as high as 67, maybe even touching 70 in some places, 62 if you're close to the lake. On Wednesday, that's where we've got a chance of some snow showers with falling temperatures and a high of 32 by 3 in the afternoon. And then the sun comes back on Thursday uh, with a high of 40. Like I said, a really confusing week weather-wise. Right now, Port Washington has 35 degrees. Richfield's at 34. Franklin has 35. It's 36 at WTMJ at 820. And that means it is time to check in with Mark Cass. He, of course, is the editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. And, Mark, there's a bit of confusion about what Milwaukee needs to do to secure an NBA All-Star game. Can you break this down for me? Because I'm totally confused. It's very interesting. After the NBA All-Star happened over the past weekend, there was a story nationally about new requirements to host an All-Star game. Out of the blue, they were put out there, and they would basically be very hard for Milwaukee to meet them, or virtually impossible, because you would need a certain number of hotel rooms, which we wouldn't need, but we would need three high-end hotels, 45 nonstop flights out of Milwaukee, which we don't have. I believe it's 20 international flights out of Milwaukee, which we don't have, and then over 600,000 square feet of convention space, which we don't have, even with the expanded convention center. So this was kind of out of the blue. The NBA dropped this on there. I know a lot of people are a little frustrated because I'm sure you remember, because I've talked about this, when Adam Silver was in Milwaukee in 2018 at the opening of the arena here, he said, we're going to bring an all-star game to Milwaukee. We just got to get our schedule straightened out. Well, it's now 2024. They're scheduled through 2026, and it hasn't happened yet. And now it looks like it'd be very hard to happen. Now, we did have the story late in the week that the Bucks are going to ask for an exemption, are going to say, oh, Adam, you promised us something. We need to be exempted from these new rules. Let's hope the NBA grants that, because if not, it's just not going to happen here. It's not going to happen in really any smaller city. I mean, this is like New York, L.A., I mean, just a really large city. So there's a lot of people who are really frustrated here. Well, that's what I was going to say is why would the NBA do it? Because as you said, it seems to be limiting right. it to New York, yeah. Los Angeles, yep. uh, Chicago, Atlanta, Las Vegas, and that's yep. about it. Yeah, well, I think if you heard some of the commentary out of the All-Star thing last week, there was some of the players complaining it was cold in Indianapolis, maybe oh. not as large a city as they like. Oh, please. Uh, you know, so I think they are aiming this for large cities, like the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is held in very large cities. I think they're thinking it's like that. You know, for me, I mean, the game's played indoors. I don't think it really matters how cold it is outside, right? Because the game is played inside last time I checked. I said this before. I think it's kind of disappointing because, as I've said, back in 2014 when the team was sold to the new owners and there was a need for a new arena, who stepped up? Well, the state stepped up, the city stepped up, the county stepped up, and all the taxpayers stepped up. And the expectation was, because of the comments of Adam Silver, that as a result of the new arena in NBA All-Stars, kind of like what happened out at Ambam Field, which was Miller Park at the time, remember? A year or two after it opened, the MLB had the All-Star game here. It's just a nice reward for these cities who are investing in their teams and stuff. So I'm kind of shocked. Hopefully the Bucks are granted an exemption. A lot of people really wanted it to happen either in 24 or 25, right off to the RNC, but then they already awarded the 26 game to LA where the Clippers stadium is still under construction. So there's just a lot of people scratching their heads trying to see what's going on here. 
Oh, it's cold. I think after the Super Bowl, they want everything to be in Las Vegas. But that's my personal opinion. Let's move on, though, because you mentioned the RNC and the Secret Service this week revealed a general outline about a security zone downtown. Do you have those boundaries? And how is that going to work, especially for people who work and live downtown? Just the initial step, and it is preliminary. It looks a lot like the map that was in place in 2020. This is the soft zone. So it's basically, it would be Water Street on the east, Cherry Street on the north, the freeway on the south, and the ninth street of the freeway on the west. So a nice large swath of land. But again, this would be the soft zone where they would have checkpoints. Anybody could access the area through walking just because there'll be a hard zone still living, which would be right around the arena, right around the convention center, everything that's going on, where you will not be allowed inside unless you have credentials. And I know they've been working with the owners of the businesses. They've been working with the retailers, working with restaurants to ensure access, to ensure that they still are able to operate because this is a huge deal. This is where a lot of people can make a lot of money. So this is the first step. It's an important step. It'll be interesting to see. I've heard from some companies who are going to encourage their employees not to come downtown that week to encourage them to work from home. I've heard from other employers who are going to have their workers kind of downtown and you know have them involved in the convention, have them have them working as volunteers, getting involved, living the experience. For those of us who live downtown, we're going to live it. And I'm looking forward to it because I think it's going to be kind of fun. You're going to have to think about how to leave downtown, how to not leave downtown. Maybe I'm just not going to leave that week. It's getting real. We're not that far from this huge event coming to Milwaukee, and it's going to be quite a week. It is going to be exciting. All right, let's talk about Menominee Falls Manufacturing Firm that's moving its yeah. headquarters to downtown, speaking of that. Um, and a um, theme, huh? Yeah, you wonder, will they be here in time for the convention? But also, is this part of a larger trend of firms yeah. moving back to the city from the suburbs? You think about, you know, eight or nine years ago, it was everybody was leaving the central business district to go to Menominee Falls and go to Heartland to go to, you know, to go west. Now you see them come back the other way. So here's a company out of Miami Falls who's going to move its headquarters right to the heart of the city, right near the Milwaukee River, right near the avenue, right near the food hall, bring about 130 employees downtown. And we've seen it really over the last year or two. You and I have talked about all the other companies coming downtown, whether it's Milwaukee Tool, Pfizer, Rexnord, one after the other, who's moving into the heart of the city, most of them west of the river on Wisconsin Avenue, where they've just seen this tremendous growth. And it's great for the city. It's great for the energy and great for the food hall, great for everything that's happening at the avenue. But the thing they all say, Libby, which is very interesting, is that they're moving downtown, one, because of a need to be from the heart of activity, but two, it's where they believe it's easier for them to attract employees. Young employees usually want to live in the heart of the city. They want to live near the art museum. They want to live near Summerfest, near the arena. So for them to be downtown makes it easier to attract employees. And you're hearing that over and over again. And in the world we live in now, where it's hard to have enough staff, where you're located is important. Speaking of museums, there's a lot of interest in the building of the new Milwaukee Public Museum. Do you have an update? And do they have all the money they yeah. need? I think, what was it, $240 million? $240 million. Well, they are still planning on spring groundbreaking, spring of 24. So that's coming up in a couple months here. They're also supposed to update soon how much money was raised. They were trying to raise $140 million of private money to go along with the $100 million of state and the county and others. So obviously we're still short. They need more money to start construction. They expect to have it. They hope to have it. I've said all along, this is a hard lift because there's just so many other projects out there that have needed money. But it'll be very interesting to see how much they've raised and if they can get this project in the way. It's an important project, Libby. If you think about the museum and what it's meant to Milwaukee, what it's meant to those of us who've grown up here and have seen it, to have it in the new area on 6th and McKinley near the Arena District, I think would be great. Let's hope they can start construction here soon and really get this going. 
I know cream puff lovers were really excited yeah. with the announcement that they're doing what? Cream Irish puff. cream cream puffs. I want to check that out. Oh don't my you? gosh! Oh, I'm you a bet big fan I do. Of Irish cream Ooh. and uh, you know it's probably not going to have liquor in it, but who knows? Here's what I'm hoping is that they have these this summer. But the Wisconsin State Fair is moving forward to renovate the cream puff yeah. building. Are they going to do it before puff. this year's fair? And will that mean that they can make more cream puffs? It'll be after this year's fair. They actually started. After the fair, have an open time for next year because you couldn't have a fair without cream puffs, right? That's just not mm. going to work. So to really start to work to renovate it, to make it more efficient, they spent time raising the money for it. They've gotten money from the state for it. Important project. We'll start after the fair this year. We'll be done in time for you and I to have a cream puff together at the 25 State Fair. What do you think? We're there? We're there. I just we? hope they add more flavors like that Irish. Irish cream. Yeah. Irish oh. cream maybe we, oh. you know. Save four or five for me, would you? <laughs> four or five. I like that. Hey, Mark, <laughs> always great to have you here. Yep. Always good to be here, Libby. Have a great week. Wouldn't it be great to start our morning with a cream puff? Oh, yummy. All right, 828, 37 degrees at WTMJ. Welcome back to the second half hour of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. I'm Libby Collins. Busy, busy morning ahead. Matt Miller's going to be joining us in about, oh, 15 minutes or so. If you didn't watch the SAG Awards last night, and you're kind of wondering what are the Oscars going to look like, Matt's going to tell us all about it. But first, we had a lot of new faces around the office at WTMJ this week. Plus, it was a clarity on maps, well, sort of, and a lunar landing. There was a lot more, too. It's the Week in Review, brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is go back, 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 University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, has canceled classes for Monday for a day of healing after two people were shot fatally on campus. The suspect and the victims all somehow appearing to have known each other. New NBA rules put Milwaukee and its bid for the All-Star game in jeopardy. Visit Milwaukee President and CEO Peggy Williams-Smith is skeptical these new rules will last. Five star and five diamond hotels are incredibly hard to find. It is an incredibly hard list to make. Do you think we're ever going to get an All-Star basketball game back Uh, here in Milwaukee? This one is interesting because when the Fiserv opened in 2018, Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, was here. And he said, we will host an NBA All-Star game in Milwaukee. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. It's a new day. Yes, it is. The lineup, as we've told folks about for quite some time here, is changing on WTMJ. We're very excited about the opportunity to not only be, you know, a news source, but also a news creation service and be able to do that throughout the day. It's the Political Power Hour on WTMJ. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Yes, I used to do this on Fridays. Now I do it every day of the week. It's time for the upswing on WTMJ. Hello and welcome to the Upswing. It's new, it's exciting, and yes, it's here. It's Wisconsin's Midday News. Well, here we go. Now we get to officially launch Wisconsin's Midday News. Very excited to be alongside Jessica Ty. Here we go, middle of the work week, and uh, we're, we're off and running. Happy to have you here, Greg. This is Spanning the State. I am indeed your host, Kristen Bry, and I am so happy to be back on the air at WTMJ. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. 
Breaking news this, this hour. This is an important day and historic day for our state and for every person who calls Wisconsin home. Governor Tony Evers has signed a redistricting proposal. The proposal passed through the Assembly and Senate earlier this month. These maps will take effect immediately after publication. On the line, the Tri-County Contracting Hotline is the governor of the state of Wisconsin, Tony Evers. Good morning, Governor. Republicans have said they won't challenge these maps. Do you believe them? <laughs> well, I... Yeah. Yeah, I guess I will. Sure, Democrats love them didn't vote go. for this. However, you would know that by the celebration the yesterday. I'm enacting fair maps for the great state of Wisconsin. <laughs> Do you feel like America is slipping away? Heck yes. I'm Eric Hovde. I'm running for the U.S. Senate. An Amber Alert issued this afternoon in Two Rivers for three-year-old Elijah Vu. Investigators are using a helicopter as well as canine and drone units in their search. Our search and rescue teams have been combing through our neighborhoods, parks, wooded areas, and they've been following up on all leads and tips from the public. Two people being held in the Manitowoc County Jail, Katrina Bauer and Jesse Vang. Calumet County Court records confirm Bauer is Elijah's mother. We have breaking news on Wisconsin's Midday News. The executive director of the Milwaukee Public Market, Paul Schwartz, is here. We're breaking in here first. Freezy's Candy Shop out of West Allis is taking over for Cures Candy at the Public Market. So congratulations, 620. You, you just got the news. And scoop. Results in after the spring primaries Tuesday. City of Kenosha, two candidates advancing. They are trying to succeed the outgoing mayor, John Antaramian. I'm proud of Kenosha. They're ready, and they're ready for somebody that's going to lead on day one. We've made history tonight. I don't think there's ever been a woman in a final for a mayoral campaign in Kenosha. Here in Milwaukee, incumbent Mayor Cavalier Johnson and Pastor David King will be advancing to the spring election. Voters in the Waterford Union School District have once again rejected a school funding referendum. We are joined by the superintendent, Lucas Francois. Part of that education of your constituents, what more could be done to improve that? Oftentimes we're met with resistance because they don't understand this is truly the only real mechanism we have to keep our schools maintained, updated, and modernized for today's learners. We now know the security footprint, the broad area that will be impacted by the Republican National Convention in Milwaukee. I want there to be a safe convention. At the same time, downtown Milwaukee will be open for business. We can confirm our equipment is on the surface of the moon and we are transmitting. A week. Go Pack Go. I listen to the voices in my head. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. It's 8.40, 37 degrees. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, we've got the top three consumer complaints in the state of Wisconsin over the past year. You might be surprised at what they are. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. That Wisconsin Protection Hotline gets a lot of calls every year. And DadCap has put together a list of the top complaints. Joining us is Michelle Reinen. She's our consumer expert. And Michelle, let's count down those top three complaints you received in the past year. Coming in at number three, home improvement, 867 complaints last year with issues of a failure to provide services and materials, failure to honor warranties, poor quality of work, billing disputes, incorrect charges, and a failure to disclose lien waivers. One of the most important tools consumers have in a home improvement contract is getting that lien waiver and getting that contract in writing. What do you do if that contractor will not give you the lien waiver? Well, first, they're supposed to disclose you have a right to one. And then as a consumer, you need to demand, assert that right. And when you make either a down payment, a partial payment, a final payment, say, I want my lien waiver. If you don't get it, 
contact consumer protection so we can help because this is a basis of the law. And let's go to number two on that countdown, Michelle. Telemarketing. It's at number two this year. The second year it's fallen to this position. Um, 1,276 complaints. Um, These are about those robocalls, phishing and spoofing schemes that we see, as well as imposter scams. And on the other side, it's also about the Wisconsin Do Not Call Registry. So if you are registered and say, I do not want to see solicitations by phone, you should not be hearing from telemarketers trying to sell you something. And if you do, contact Consumer Protection. Okay, Isaac, let's get that drum roll ready because the number one most heard complaint at the Wisconsin Protection Hotline is, Michelle? Landlord-tenant issues, 2,208 complaints. This is a very emotional and can be very heated issue between landlords and tenants because, one, it's your home, it's your family, it's where you rest at night and rejuvenate. The other side, it's someone's investment or business opportunity here. So we see a lot of complaints about security deposit returns, unauthorized entry, inadequate disclosures at the time of entering a rental agreement, promises to repair not being made or honored, and then that termination of tenancy that can convert to eviction. So a very sensitive and emotional topic here. There are rights and responsibilities on both parties in this, and we try and help resolve these issues as well as monitor this through our regulations. And finally, Michelle, if anyone out there thinks that they are a victim of a scam or some unfair business practice, let's give that protection hotline. You can call 1-800-422-7128 or go to our website at datcp.wi.gov. It's 845 and you're a minute away from Mike Spaulding and Sports right here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Time for a WTMJ sports update. Baseball is back. The set by Miller, the pitch. Swaying a ground ball. It's off the bag, fair down the left field line. Two runs at least will come in and score. They're going to wave a third runner around. Here comes the throw. It is high and not in time. Wilkin clears the bases with a three-run double to break this one open. Yeah, break it open he did. The Brewers end up beating the San Diego Padres in their spring training opener 11-7 on Saturday afternoon. Jackson Churio, all eyes on him this season. He went two for four, adding an RBI single. Wilkin did end up with the big day. He went two for two, picked up three RBIs in the win. The Brewers can keep up their winning ways this afternoon. They take on the Rockies' first pitch at 2 p.m. The Bucks are back on the hardwood this afternoon. A rare Sunday matinee for the Bucks. They take on the Philadelphia 76ers out in Philadelphia. Bucks last time on the court, they beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 112 to 107. This afternoon's game time in Philadelphia, more like a morning time. Brewers or Bucks basketball gets underway at 11 o'clock here on WTMJ. That's Bucks shoot around with Justin Garcia. The Bucks radio network coverage that gets underway at 11:30 this morning on the college hardwood. The 17th ranked or the seventh ranked Marquette Golden Eagles. They host Xavier at Pfizer Forum. You can catch that game over on our sister station, 94.5 ESPN. Tip off at 4 p.m. The UWM Panthers are also in action today. They take on Fort Wayne at UWM Panther Arena. Tip off for that game is at 1:30. Scott Warris has the call over on 101.7 The Truth. I'm Mike Spaulding, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Mark. Uh, thanks a. 
Uh, thanks a lot, Mike. Uh, it is going to be partly cloudy and mild today with a high of 53 degrees. And tonight, cloudy. Down to 35. Tomorrow looks mostly sunny. We may get as warm as 60 degrees inland, 53 near the lake. And then on Tuesday, we've got a chance of some late showers and storms after reaching temperatures in the 60s. And by Wednesday, believe it or not, Temperatures are going to fall all the way to 32 by 3 in the afternoon, and we do have a chance of some snow showers. Not so bad right now. 37 in Madison. Waukesha has 36. Racine's got 37. And we have 38 degrees at WTMJ at 849. And in just a couple minutes, Matt Miller is going to join us from onmilwaukee.com with his thoughts about the SAG Awards last night. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. I don't know if you recognize that music, but it's from a very big movie. Yep, it's from Oppenheimer. It's time to check in with uh, media critic and pop culture editor from onmilwaukee.com. We've got Matt Miller here, and uh, sounds very tense, exciting, and it was pretty exciting for Oppenheimer last night, too, wasn't it? Yeah, almost uh, almost a sleep of all the uh, sweep of all the major categories, I think. We can pretty confidently say Robert Downey Jr. is going to probably be your best supporting actor winner at the Oscars in about two weeks. I think you can pretty comfortably say that. You can comfortably say Christopher Nolan's going to win Best Director. And I feel pretty confident you can say Oppenheimer is going to win Best Picture at the end of the night. There are still some awards up for grabs. There are definitely still some questions that we are going to get answered in two weeks. But yeah, I think those three are locked up right now. Were there any surprises at these awards last night? Not really. I, I think the closest we had to a kind of surprise is Killian Murphy winning for Best Actor, which isn't really a surprise. Uh, there's been a question of whether it's going to be him or Paul Giamatti winning Best Actor this year. And I thought maybe the screen actors would go for Giamatti because, you know, this does kind of feel like if Giamatti is going to win for the holdovers, this is going to be kind of a career achievement award that people are going to be like, you know, you should have gotten appreciation for sideways. You should have gotten appreciation for a lot of awards over the years. Uh, So this is your turn. But obviously, I mean, Killian Murphy is Oppenheimer. He owns that movie. That entire movie rests on his shoulders. I've always thought it weird that, you know, we're going to give Oppenheimer all these awards, but the guy who plays Oppenheimer, I don't know, maybe we'll give him the Best Actor (laughs) trophy. I think it seems pretty clear that he will probably win at the Oscars. Okay, you mentioned The Holdovers, and I have not seen that film. What is it about? Because it's getting a lot of buzz. Yeah, it's it's really great. It's uh, one of the ten best movies of the year for me. It is about a teacher, his student, and uh, a lunch uh, lady who works at the school, They are kind of stuck at the school over winter break. They're kind of left behind uh, to their own devices uh, over this winter break. And it's kind of just a classic kind of 70s style character study about these three people learning about one another, learning about their lives, learning about, you know, what brought them to the places that they are at at the school. It's a really lovely movie, and it's a perfect winter movie, honestly. Like, I, I... there's a chance that this becomes kind of a a Christmas movie for people because it does kind of capture the warmth 
and the kindness of the holiday season, but also some of the melancholy of, of, you know, the holiday season when, you know, you're sitting and looking outside and thinking about, you know, the weather and, and how alone you are maybe some nights, but also how happy you are some nights. It's a really great movie, and I hope people check it out. I know it's streaming right now on Peacock. A lot of people are talking about not just the awards, but some of the presenters. And what, there was a reunion of the Devil Wears Prada on stage? There was, and I believe Anne Hathaway was even wearing, or I believe her dress was even the, the blue color from Meryl Streep's famous speech about, you know, oh, you think you just, uh, you think you just happened upon that color? Well, that color was one that you, we had showcased many years ago. So I, I think, and I think stuff like that is how you get people to tune in for these award shows. We saw that with, I believe it was the Emmys last year where, you know, they had a bunch of reunions, you know, you, you have to give people something more than just handing out awards on the night. You have to give them, you know, what's the rest of the show going to be? And I think these reunions are a good way to get people excited to tune in and get the headlines the next day. Well, I know you're not into gossip, but I am. And uh, I I just have to throw this in because Meryl Streep has been in um, Only Only Murders in the Building as the love interest of Martin Short over the last couple of seasons. Did you know that they might actually be dating in real life? I love living in a world where Martin Short and Meryl Streep are at the top of the gossip papers. I think that is, I think that's lovely. And you know, if they are dating, that's wonderful. If they aren't dating and they're just great friends, that's wonderful. You know, it, it, this is the best kind of gossip story I can imagine. <laughs> oh, they could be the new, the the new what what do they call um, J Lo and uh, Ben Affleck? Uh, yeah, like could... uh, yeah. Do we need another Pete Davidson headline? No, give me more Meryl oh. Street Martin short headlines. Yes. These are the best. Exactly. All right. So, uh, so speaking about gossip, and, and this is on a much more serious level, this Wendy Williams story where I guess what, A&E has this biography of her right now, but I, and this comes on the heels of this really terrible diagnosis. There's a lot of questions about what's been wrong with her for the last couple of years, but she's got the same thing as Bruce Willis. Yeah, it's a, it's a type of dementia, if I if I know right. And there's, yeah, there's a, a uh, documentary series that is being aired. I think it's on Lifetime Network, which kind of tells you about what the quality of this documentary series is possibly going to be. I think if this was a, you know, a, a, a seriously done, thoughtfully done docuseries, it would be on something like an A&E or a CNN or a Netflix even or something like that. But the fact that this is showing up on Lifetime Network, which is the one that does the unauthorized, you know, chintzy uh, biographies of old 80s and 90s TV shows and kind of digs into the gospel of those. I, I read some reviews on it last night, and a lot of people are like, yeah, this feels more exploitative of Wendy oh. Williams' situation as opposed to really informative and thoughtful and engaging about her situation. Yeah, it's it seems like this is kind of a sad, uh, a sad place for this story to go. Yeah, let's see if based on the diagnosis we've now heard and what you're saying, it sounds like it's almost ex- exploiting her, which is very sad. Yeah, and that's the the thing you always get scared about when you know celebrities start having diagnoses like this, and it's like, okay, are they are they doing these things because they want to be doing these things, or are they doing these things because you know? 
handlers are telling them that, oh, no, this is great. You know, Bruce Willis made so many movies that people made fun of uh, because, you know, people were telling me should keep working. And it's like, uh, maybe you shouldn't have. Maybe someone yeah. needed to step in and say, like, hey, th- th- this, is, this isn't good. Yeah. Uh, finally, uh, a movie called, what, Drive Away Dolls? Is that something we want to drive to the theater to see or drive away from quickly? <laughs> I had a lot of fun with this movie. This is the new movie from half of the Coen brothers. And considering the other Coen brother made the tragedy of Macbeth a few years ago, and now this Coen brother is making a kind of truly lark, R-rated uh, road trip comedy about two, two, uh, two women on the road uh, becoming friends and uh, having something that they're being chased by evil politicians. Uh, I we can tell which Cohen brother is the funny Cohen brother, and that seems to be this one. <laughs> I had a really good time with this movie. It is definitely R-rated. It is it is raunchy. It is it is a really good time, though. I don't think it's going to do very well at the box office this weekend. But you know, sometimes the box office isn't everything. Sometimes it's just nice to know that a great comedy exists, and that's what this is. Well, it's nice to know that Matt Miller keeps an eye on all that pop culture and and all those films for us. And of course, you can follow him at onmilwaukee.com. Thanks, Matt. Have a great morning. Thanks. You as well. All right. We're going to be back after the news. And, uh, oh, Wyatt's going to be here with us. And have you ever wondered what TSA finds in luggage? Wait until you hear this story. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Libby Collins. And welcome back to Hour 2 of our Sunday morning show. A little bit later on this hour, we're going to be talking with somebody about a very special event being held for first responders and their family and friends. And I, you know, I don't think you realize the kinds of things that they are exposed to on a daily basis and how this organization is helping them overcome PTSD, but that'll be at about 9.35 this morning. Uh, before we do anything else, Wyatt, it is great to have you here on a Sunday morning. Yeah, getting the band back together, Libby. I know you travel a lot. You spend a lot of time in airports and on airplanes, don't you? I certainly have since I uh, became an adult. A lot of cross-country flights. Yeah, well, have you ever been in the airport and noticed the uh, TSA dogs. Yes, I have. They they're sometimes walking around uh, at the long lines of security. Somebody will come past with a TSA dog, and they'll just sort of amble past the line. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're sniffing. They're they're seeing if there's something in the luggage that might not, well, that maybe shouldn't be there. And this happened at Boston Logan Airport uh, here just in the last week or so, and apparently Buddy. The uh, canine officer was sniffing around and came up to a uh, passenger at security where there was some luggage, and he just was really interested in that luggage. And um, you know what was in it? I don't, and I'm honestly, I'm highly anticipating whatever it's going to be. Well, according to U.S. Customs and Border Protection, they said... It was, in fact, mummified remains, including heads, belonging to four monkeys. I could not have guessed that if I tried. Yeah, well, they, 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 uh, it, it was certainly... What? 
They're four monkey heads. Four monkey Mummified heads. Mummified monkey heads? Yes, yes, yes. And in addition to that, uh, there was also something called bush meat. Oh, boy. Which, if, no, of course, is not allowed in the United States. There was about eight pounds of bush meat. All of this had been um, brought in, I guess, from uh, somebody who was coming from, from the Congo. And here's the interesting thing that I never realized, because I wouldn't think of, of bringing in monkey, mummified monkey heads, nor no, would I think you don't, about you don't bringing seem like in a bush mo- meat. You don't seem like a monkey heads person, Libby. But here's the thing. In 2022, uh, TSA agents at Washington Dulles Airport confiscated charred bat. Huh. I've, yeah, been to charred. Bo- I've been to both of those airports, but I promise my luggage was a lot less interesting. Oh, I got another one for you. Oh, no. In 2019, right here at O'Hare, just across the border, uh, TSA officials intercepted 32 pounds of rat meat. Oh, no. This is so odd. <laughs> now, why you need to bring rat meat into Chicago when they've got plenty of their own is yeah, really gotta, beyond me. <laughs> you got to buy local. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, because because Chicago, you know, they've got the the. Have you seen that? Where, the rat hole, I, yeah. Yes, yes, where it's like a mummified have, rat remain <laughs> in the street, and people are going there. They're taking candles. They're somebody taking, got somebody got married there. No. Yeah. No, really. I'm pretty sure somebody got gay married at the Chicago rat hole. I saw it on Twitter. Oh, oh my gosh well all i know is when i saw the rat meat coming into o'hare it was like you know why would you bring mat rat meat either there or into new york city it it seems like both both cities have plenty you don't need to import it so anyway next time you see one of those dogs at tsa keep in mind they're doing an important job there yeah it's honestly you'd figure they've trained to uh smell some of the more common Un, uh, not allowed items. No. So and then they think, they're finding like drugs, the weirdest. Right? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you see that dog? You think, oh, he's looking for drugs. No, he's looking for rat meat, uh, charred bat, and mummified monkey heads. Well, and if he's, uh, they're all, they got them all. <laughs> they certainly do. Hey, I don't want to sit next to that guy. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> if he's bringing that on his carry-on luggage. Hey, Wyatt, uh, thanks for being here with us this morning. I know we're going to hear more from you a little bit later on this hour. Yeah, thanks it's- for thanks for brightening up my day with that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, you're you're going to be looking around next time you're you're flying across country to see ooh, what's in that suitcase. All right, we've got a lot coming up. Uh, hey, oh, before you go, Wyatt, because you know we talk a lot about the animals we've got here in southeastern Wisconsin, the live ones, not the the mummified ones. And have you ever taken a walk in the woods at night? I actually have. Yeah, it's it's really eerie. It's kind of cool. It's fun. We're going to tell you about an event that's happening later on this week uh, in Waukesha, where you can do just that with your family. It's it's a family family friendly event. That's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. We're up to thirty eight degrees at nine fourteen on WTMJ. Time for a WTMJ sports update. Man, does it feel good to be back? Suarez brings home the pitch, and this is a ground ball past the diving glove of Kim, and into left center. Around third is Freelich. He will score. Churio drives in another one. 
with an RBI single at 7-2 Brewers. The Brewers getting spring training off on the right way. They picked up an 11-7 win over the San Diego Padres in their Cactus League opener Saturday afternoon. Jackson Churio, as you heard, he went two for four, adding an RBI single. Third baseman Brock Wilkin had a big day. He went two for two, picked up three RBI. The crew hoped to keep their winning ways up today. They take on the Rockies out in Arizona. First pitch for that game set for 2 p.m. A Bucks basketball matinee today, fresh off of a 112 to 107 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves Friday. The Bucks are back in action against the Philadelphia 76ers out in the city of Brotherly Love. Coverage of Bucks basketball starts at 11 o'clock here on WTMJ. That'll be Bucks shoot around with Justin Garcia. Bucks radio network coverage with Dave Kane on the call gets underway at 11:30. On the college hardwood, a busy day for Milwaukee teams. The seventh-ranked Marquette Golden Eagles host Xavier at Pfizer Forum. You can hear that game with Homer on the call. That'll be on our sister station, 94.5 ESPN, tip-off at 4 p.m. And the UWM Panthers also in action downtown Milwaukee. They're hosting Fort Wayne at UWM Panther Arena. Scott Warris has the call for that game. Tip-off is at 1.30 over on 101.7 The Truth. I'm Mike Spaulding, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Mike. It's 917, 38 degrees at WTMJ. I'll have your forecast right after this. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning. Well, as TMJ4 meteorologist Brenda Johnson told us about an hour ago, we're going to be experiencing all four seasons in about 72 hours this week. Now, it starts out today, partly cloudy and mild, 53 for a high. Uh, cloudy night down to 35, and then tomorrow it's really going to get warm, mostly sunny. High of 60 inland, 53 near the lake. And then Tuesday, even warmer, 67 as you go outskirts and 62 near the lake but then there's a chance of a late shower or storm and then on Wednesday we'll start out warm but by three in the afternoon it's going to be 32 degrees with a chance of snow showers and then back on Thursday sunny skies and a high of 40. I don't know it is definitely Wisconsin in winter, isn't it? Elkhart Lake right now has 39 degrees. Mosquitoes at 39. Lake Geneva has 38. We have 40 degrees at WTMJ at 921. The following is a paid presentation. Advice and opinions expressed during the Sunday sip are solely that of the hosts or guests and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC. John Everett is the communication guy at Elkhart Lakes Road America, and he's with us. John, always good to catch up. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. We're certainly getting excited for 2024. It's going to be another banner season at America's National Park of Speed. Man, I'm excited, too. A little bit of background. Tell us about the legendary four-mile circuit. This is a cool road circuit. Absolutely. We're super proud of it because it was actually repaved entirely in fall of 2022. So last season was the first big season for people to experience, racers and competitors to experience, the four-mile 14-turn circuit with a completely new coating of asphalt. So it was very, very fast in some respects, and a lot of drivers were actually trying to dial in their cars, get the proper data in other respects. What's good is that the track has had a full season to gain a lot of compounds and cure, as they like to say, or come in, as they like to say, like to get a little bit of rubber between that asphalt. And now we're looking for some track records to get broken now coming into 2024. So we're very excited about it. Teams are excited about it. There's new data, new information, and we're looking for everybody to get out there and make the top spot on the podium here at Road America for our season. 
So 500 events there hosted annual at least. And we're going to talk into some family-friendly stuff in a moment here. But first, talk about the wide range of racing events in the series that will be there this year. Definitely go to RoadAmerica.com, get your tickets early, because we've got the NTT IndyCar Series coming in June, Moto America Series near the end of May. That's great for motorcycle fans. Plus, Vintage Moto Fest will be there as well if you're into cafe racers and really cool exotic motorcycle bills. Lots of vintage racing event, SECA as well. Plus, we've got IMSA near the first part of August. That's another great event to check out. And incredible stuff going on all season long from club races to vintage races to SECA races. And you can get a season pass right now, which is probably one of the most affordable forms to come check Road American out. Over 50 days of action for right around 650 bucks, And that's a pretty good deal, almost $10, $15 a day mm-hmm. when you really think about it. You know, I like to tell people all the time, it's not just about people who are really, really into racing. The grounds are beautiful. There's camping. There's concessions. Talk about that part of it for a little bit. The big different thing about Road America in comparison to Lambeau Field or American Family Field is that you're not dedicated to a seat. Once you come through the gate, you can move around the facility. You can sit in various turns, different viewing locations. We're adding more viewing locations and lots more improvements, so we encourage fans to definitely stay tuned because we're going to be announcing those once the spring months come into play. But that's what's great. Imagine being able to stand on the field at Lambeau Field. Imagine being able to stand on the field at American Family Field. This is what you can do at Road America. You can get literally trackside in a million different locations. You can sit under a shade tree, put your feet in green grass, and watch some world-class racing. Hey, John, can you get tickets and reserve your campsites now? We certainly encourage that because I tell you what, if you have an RV, if you're looking for electrical and water, that's filling up very fast. If you're looking for tent sites as well, those are filling up fast for some of our bigger events in regards to IndyCar and IMSA. So we encourage people to go online right now, get those reservations, start calling up family and friends because it certainly is worth it. There's nothing better than waking up to race cars in the morning. And uh, it's always fun to have the racetrack right at your back door. So get your campsites, get your tickets early for a great summer of fun. Man, I love the sound of that. Elkhart Lake, so Road America's John Everett is with us. Weddings, corporate events, you guys catered all that stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's really crazy when you think about how many people are coming back and getting married and they're looking for venues and you're looking for something different. You know, not your usual golf course or a banquet room or anything like that, which is crazy expensive. So we just encourage people to go to roadamerica.com. Book their wedding now because we've got great venues and great locations, whether you want to get married outside, whether you want to get married inside, whether you want to get married during an event, or when it's really nice and quiet at America's National Park of Speed. So we got those options, too. Plus, corporate events, if you're looking for something different, if you're looking for something exciting and fun to do that's kind of out of the ordinary or just different than what the usual thing you guys have done, RoadAmerica.com has the answer for you. What a great team-building idea. You've also got a motorcycle school. Yeah, absolutely. And those are filling up fast as well. We're very excited about this because you can take the online portion at home, get all of the classroom stuff out of the way, then come ride brand new Yamaha motorcycles in a closed course environment, learn everything about it, get confident behind the handlebars, and then get out there and ride and get your endorsement for your motorcycle license. So those are filling up fast. We have weekend, weekday, weeknight classes so we can work around your schedule and get you ready to get out there and ride. Anyone 16 years old and under always gets in free with a paying adult at the gate. It makes it an affordable family fun destination. It's the perfect way to spend an evening or to spend an entire weekend, which is what I recommend. John, what's the website if people want more information? 
Certainly. RoadAmerica.com. Go check it out. Cruise around and get your tickets and print them at home and breeze right through the gate. RoadAmerica.com. John Everett is the communication director at Elkhart Lakes Road America. Put it on your schedule for this year. John, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. We'll see everybody here this summer. It's 927 and 40 degrees at WTMJ. Welcome back to the final half hour of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. I'm Libby Collins. If you're a senior looking for work, we're going to give you a few tips. That's coming up in about eight minutes. It's 935 on WTMJ. The Milwaukee VA Medical Center is hosting an event this week designed to help first responders improve their wellness and resilience. And joining us is Dr. Gregory Burick. And doctor, first of all, let's talk about the event and why this is important for first responders. Well, absolutely. This is the first of its kind event in the area. This is for building resilience in our police officers and law enforcement and other first responders, firefighters and EMS. There's a lot of trauma and a lot of bad things that go on that are part of the job. You know, just like veterans, they're constantly putting themselves in harm's way. So bad things can happen. And similar to military, the culture says that you're supposed to just stuff it and move on, go to the next call, go to the next scene. So veterans, first responders deal with a lot of issues that they aren't able to talk about or don't know where the resources are. An event like this is showing the support of the community and also all of the people who are able to help for first responders who are having issues. I don't think a lot of people realize the PTSD that many officers suffer just from going into scenes that don't necessarily make the headlines. I mean, for example, they walk in and it's a baby who's died from crib death or they are recovering bodies from a fatal fire or a fatal accident. And as you said, this stays with these poor individuals. Yes, you're exactly right. One definition of a traumatic event is something that happens that you don't have any true control over. You don't have any sense of being able to change and something pretty bad happens. So as you mentioned, going on to one of the scenes and seeing somebody burnt to death or seeing somebody else that you can't save, the bad thing has already happened. But first responders have this sense of they're supposed to do something. I mean, the training, the mission, the job is go in there and help someone or protect someone. So if you show up on a scene and the bad thing already happened, that's traumatic because now you're stuck with the aftermath. Now you're stuck with the loss and the grief and the family. And those thoughts, there's a sense of guilt that can come up from that trauma as in I should have been there sooner. I should have taken a different route. I should have done something different to prevent this outcome. But that's what we call post-traumatic guilt. It's really your brain trying to find a way to regain a sense of control over something you really didn't have any control over. And that's, in my opinion, something that all first responders experience at some point in their career. Now, this free event I know is open not just to the first responders, but also their families and supporters. So let's talk a little bit about the specifics. What exactly will they learn? Well, we are going to start. This is about building resilience and showing that the community is there to support. Our main coping mechanisms in the military and in the first responder community is really to suck it up, to suppress to shove it down and to keep marching, to stay busy, stay distracted. But those coping mechanisms don't work for the long term. Those are things where you can continue on the mission and you can get to work the next day. But every time you kind of have a quiet moment, 
those feelings come back up, those memories come back up. So this is more about long-term resilience. This is about being able to stay on the job and deal with the losses and not get to 55 in retirement and then not know what to do with yourself. So it's about how you can have a good career with these things that happen in the background and knowing that we're out there to support each other. We're starting the event with Chief Dave Funkhauser, who is a Wisconsin police chief, served seven, served 34 years in law enforcement, 17 as chief, and now he goes around the country talking to law enforcement and other first responders about resilience. He's had his own personal struggles along the way, and he is open and honest about how he has felt and how he's dealt with these things. So he's out there to inspire other first responders to seek help. We also have a couple of breakout groups after that to talk about other ways of coping, other ways of finding self-care, finding your sense of purpose, things like that, to open up those discussions that there's a lot of different ways to maintain your resilience, maintain your ability to continue the job and serve the community, but you don't have to do it alone. And this happens this Thursday from 1 until 4. And tell us where it's going to be, Doctor. Yes, ma'am. It's going to be downtown at the Milwaukee County War Memorial Center. I think you all know it as the big bunker-shaped concrete-looking building that's right on the lakefront. It's a beautiful place, and Dan Buttry is the president and CEO has really revitalized it. It's a beacon for the veteran community, and with this event, it can become a beacon for the first responder community as well. And again, if anybody's interested in attending, particularly first responders and their families and friends, what do they need to do? All they need to do is show up. So whether it's the first responder themselves or the family members are part of the support structure as well. If you want to come, if you want to listen, if you want to learn, we're also going to have a resource fair. So you can see all of the organizations in the Milwaukee area that are dedicated to helping out first responders. So there'll be time for each of these things. And hopefully everybody walks away with a better sense of community and resilience. Dr. Greg Burick, thank you so much for sharing this story with us, and thank you for the work that you do with these first responders. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for the time, and thank you for keeping the message out there. It's 940. We have 40 degrees at WTMJ, and coming up in just a couple minutes, we've got some tips for you if you are, well, if you're of a certain age and you're looking for work. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. It's 943. Well, if you haven't searched for a job for a few years or maybe a few decades and you're a certain age, there are a few things you should know before sending a resume. And joining us is Carly Roskowski from AARP. Carly, what advice can you offer someone who's older and trying to get a job in 2024? So it's still a really strong labor market and unemployment is still at historic lows. While we do see that many older workers 50 and older feel that age discrimination can hurt their chances of getting either a new job or advancing in their careers. Our new AARP research shows that 64% of workers age 50 plus believe that they face age discrimination in the workplace today. So we want to make sure that older workers and older job seekers have a resume that highlights their skills and not their age. So we like to call it age-proofing your resume, but some tips that older workers can take when they're redoing their resume or 
are looking at that resume to get back out there is to make sure it's no more than two pages long and it should really focus on your most recent experience. And while you need to include your credentials, you don't need to include your graduation dates. Don't include your street address. Including that full mailing address is an outdated practice. And if you're hanging on to that old AOL or Hotmail email account, upgrade for a more modern service like Gmail. And then one best practice that's not just good for older workers, but for all workers, is to bot-proof your resume. So organizations are using these AI-based tools or bots to scan resumes and do an initial review and eliminating candidates before they're even seen by an actual person. So to improve your chances of making it past that initial scan, make sure your resume includes industry-specific terms or keywords taken directly from those job listings. What would be an example of that? If you still have your mailing address at the top of your resume, instead of including that, including some of your digital addresses, if you have a LinkedIn profile, include your LinkedIn URL address. If you have a Facebook page that also highlights some of your professional experience, highlight that. Also, if you're looking at job listings for a communications officer or manager, make sure you talk about the skills that you can bring to the table or specific terms that you found in the jobs that appeal to you. Carly, does AARP have any free resources? We do. AARP, throughout the month of February, is offering free virtual workshops for job seekers. And these workshops will focus on age-proofing your resume, networking, how to avoid work-from-home scams. And you can register for a day and time that works best for you at aarp.org slash jobs national. It's 945. You're a minute away from sports on WTMJ. Time for a WTMJ sports update. Baseball is back. The set by Miller, the pitch. Swaying a ground ball. It's off the bag, fair down the left field line. Two runs at least will come in and score. They're going to wave a third runner around. Here comes the throw. It is high and not in time. Wilkin clears the bases with a three-run double to break this one open. Yeah, break it open he did. The Brewers end up beating the San Diego Padres in their spring training opener 11-7 on Saturday afternoon. Jackson Churio, all eyes on him this season. He went two for four, adding an RBI single. Wilkin did end up with the big day. He went two for two, picked up three RBIs in the win. The Brewers can keep up their winning ways this afternoon. They take on the Rockies' first pitch at 2 p.m. The Bucks are back on the hardwood this afternoon. A rare Sunday matinee for the Bucks. They take on the Philadelphia 76ers out in Philadelphia. Bucks last time on the court, they beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 112 to 107. This afternoon's game time in Philadelphia, more like a morning time. Brewers or Bucks basketball gets underway at 11 o'clock here on WTMJ. That's Bucks shoot around with Justin Garcia. The Bucks radio network coverage that gets underway at 11:30 this morning on the college hardwood. The 17th ranked or the seventh ranked Marquette Golden Eagles. They host Xavier at Pfizer Forum. You can catch that game over on our sister station, 94.5 ESPN. Tip off at 4 p.m. The UWM Panthers are also in action today. They take on Fort Wayne at UWM Panther Arena. Tip off for that game is at 1.30. Scott Warris has the call over on 101.7 The Truth. I'm Mike Spaulding, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Mike. It is going to be a very mild February Sunday with a high today of 53 degrees. Cloudy night down to 35. Tomorrow, sunny. May get as warm as 60 if you're in London, a little bit cooler near the lake. Tuesday, 
Even warmer, 67 for a high inland, 62 near the lake with a chance of some late showers, late uh, showers or storms. And uh, then Wednesday, temperature dropping all the way to 32 degrees by 3 o'clock in the afternoon with a chance of snow showers. Weather is certainly all over the place this week. Right now, everybody has 40 degrees in Cedarburg, Oak Creek, and Brookfield. We have 42 at WTMJ at 949. And how about a walk in the woods? We'll tell you about it right after this. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. I am fascinated with just taking wonderful walks through forest preserves, but it's even more interesting to do it at night. And joining us is Janet Barthel. She is the supervisor at Retzer Nature Center, and they are having a wild winter night event this Thursday evening. And tell us, Janet, why is it more interesting to come to the preserve in the evening? Well, it's a different perspective, for sure. It gives you a chance to take a little walk with a little candlelight trail, And we're going to talk about owls specifically this year. So some of their amazing adaptations for being successful nocturnal hunters. And so it's fun to learn about the animal's perspective of a night, especially in winter. Do you have a lot of owls out there? I think we have a nice population of owls. I'll hear them occasionally, so I know they're nesting nearby. I know our bird club has documented other species, so I think it's a good, wonderful forest that's got some good activity of owls for sure. Now, this is an event for the entire family, but of course not your dogs, just people. But in addition to that candlelight hike, tell us what else is going to be going on. Our planetarium is going to be showing a show called It's About Time, The Cosmic Cycles We Live By. And that's going to be going every 30 minutes starting at 6.30. We'll have our owls presentation, but we're going to also have a little guided family activity where you can go into, it just doesn't get dark enough outside at Retzer, so we're going to take you into a darkened room and show some really cool adaptations, even for humans, as to why, you know, we struggle a little bit in nighttime, and it's just some fun stuff to do there. We have Mama D's out of Wales, Wisconsin, is coming to serve us delicious treats. We're going to have a campfire outside, so you can sit by that. Unfortunately, we will not have snowshoes available (laughs) due to our interesting winter, but we've got plenty of other stuff. There's also going to be some great kids' activities highlighting features of birds and owls that they could just get in and color and play some games and make a couple things that have to do with owls. We're even going to be dissecting owl pellets. Oh, I don't know if I want to be there for that or not, but let's tell everybody. (laughs) No, no, it's totally cool. Is it really? Okay, I'll take your word for it, Janet. Now, uh, is there a cost? Yes, so it's $5 per person. You can register online at www.waukeshawcounty.gov slash wildwinternight. But if you just want to come that night, I'm sure we're probably still going to have room and you can just pay at the door. And again, it happens Thursday, 6 o'clock at the Retzer Nature Center. Janet, hope you have a great turnout. I do, too. Thanks so much for sharing our news. I appreciate it. It's 9.55. Well, WTMJ's Adam Roberts spent Thursday talking with collectors and bargain hunters. Here's that story. This reporter was taken to a different place Thursday morning 
specifically the outside of the now-closed Fuddruckers restaurant off Blue Mound Road in Brookfield. The doors here haven't been opened since 2020, but on a mild February morning, hundreds were waiting outside for an opportunity to nab some restaurant memorabilia. We'll sell you the urinals, we'll sell you the credits, we'll sell you the lighting. We're here to sell everything, okay? That's Eric Wolfson, a manager at Best Estate Services and the facilitator for Thursday's liquidation sale. Rolfson's managed a number of these sales over the years and says you get all kinds of people coming through the door, even those that might not be so eager to pay. Here today we had a guy try to walk off with a sign and act like he paid for it. it just, and, that's, and we've only been here yeah, 10 minutes. Not sure at all. So, I mean, if Walmart can't stop them, we can't stop them. We do our best. But unfortunately, when you draw a crowd, you know, you draw great people by and large. Most of our customers are phenomenal. But, you know, every now and then you never know who's going to walk through that door. So once that situation was cleared up, it was back inside where a mad dash for anything from Beatles pictures to ketchup bottles was underway. I am in the men's bathroom right now. I do not see any price tags on the three urinals very much cemented to the wall. But if you need a life-sized mirror right behind you, $200 asking price. Deal hunters were handed hammers, crowbars, even drills and put to work taking down pieces of the now shuttered restaurant. One of those deal hunters was Betsy, an improv comedian from Wauwatosa here on a very specific mission. What are you looking for today? There's an IBC root beer sign um, that I want to get for my brother. He's a big fan of IBC root beer. And after waiting for a half hour, Betsy found me inside and relayed some good news. All right, we have an update from outside to in. Betsy, you got the sign. Yes, I got it. I'm very excited and thankful that the staff here was helpful in taking it down so I didn't have to touch a drill or anything. They got it down, yes! At the end of the day, it's all about clearing everything off the walls and providing closure to a burger staple of Milwaukee's western suburbs. Anybody who's transitioning, you know, bringing closure to something in their life, that's what we do. I mean, we come in, we put forward what we think is the best game plan to execute a great result. It is, as Elton John may have opined, Truly a funeral for a Fuddruckers. Fuddruckers, come on over to the fun. Take your taste to a different place. Adam Roberts, WTMJ News. Coming up after the news, Brian Wickert and Tim Holdman have news about the most recent home sales statistics on the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show. Buck's Shoot Around starts at 11 on WTMJ.